China has suspended the import of yet another fish product from Taiwan. On Thursday, Chinese Customs announced a one-week ban on Atlantic horse mackerel from a Taiwanese firm, citing traces of the COVID virus found on the product's packaging. This is China's third ban on Taiwan's fish products so far this month. Taiwan officials have condemned the move and called on China to give proof of its claims against the products. Dried salted fish is marinated and then roasted over a flame to release its delicious aroma. It's a must-have dish for many people when they go to Japanese restaurants. Most dried salted fish is made using Atlantic horse mackerel, which has become the latest Taiwan product targeted by China. In a statement, Chinese Customs said it found traces of the COVID virus on the packaging of horse mackerel from Taiwan. It said that in accordance with regulations, it would suspend import of products from the company involved, Dunghe Foods Industrial Company, for one week until June 29th. The incident probably happened earlier in May. We sold this batch to a trading company, and then the trading company exported it. So actually, we had no control over the process, to be honest. I saw the public notice, and it said the ban would last a week, until June 29th. So I was just stunned. The company representative expressed surprise, saying this was the first time something like that happened to them. But it was not the first time China cited COVID as a reason for banning Taiwanese products. Earlier this month, belt fish was subject to the same treatment. Traces of SARS-CoV-2 were detected on the outer packaging of frozen aquatic products imported from Taiwan. As a result, our customs authority suspended the acceptance of product import declarations from the company involved for one week, starting from June 10th, as part of our strict pandemic measures. So far this month, China has banned three aquaculture products from Taiwan. The Mainland Affairs Council is demanding that China present proof of its claims against the products. So-called inspection and quarantine measures must be conducted in accordance with scientific principles and in the spirit of international cooperation. We hope these analysis methods used by China are in accordance with international practices. We hope that when China conducts such inspections and then implements a ban, it also presents some scientific evidence. If China truly believes that it makes decisions based on professional and technical grounds without any political considerations, then it should allow experts to discuss those decisions. Our inspections did not detect the virus. China keeps saying that it's finding the virus on packaging, but there's never been a single case of someone being infected by packaging. If there were to be a case, the whole world would sound a public health alarm. China doesn't give us any relevant scientific data, and it just goes ahead and blocks the imports. All the products involved are fresh food. Officials urge China to ease up on its campaign against Taiwanese goods and the people who produce them. A war of words has broken out over a proposal to build a bridge, specifically a bridge that would connect the offshore county of Jingmen and China's Xiamen City. Taipei Mayor Ko Wenzhe touted the bridge last Saturday during a visit to Jingmen County. When his proposal was sharply criticized, he said that President Tsai Ing-wen herself had endorsed the bridge years earlier. The mayor's claims have met sharp criticism from the Mainland Affairs Council and the DPP. Thai Power needs to subsidize Jimin's power generation to the tune of about 2 billion NT a year. If Jimin were connected to Xiamen's energy grid, there would be a savings of about 15 NT per kilowatt hour. 
I'm considering this purely from an economic viewpoint. Of course, a Jinmen Xiamen bridge would be good. National security is a paramount concern in the promotion of cross-strait affairs. The current situation in the Asia-Pacific region and in the Taiwan Strait is complex and sensitive. In order to ensure national security and our overall well-being, the government has not pushed forward with any plans or policies regarding a Jinmen Xiamen bridge. I'd like to ask everyone not to dance to the tune set by the Chinese authorities. Our government attaches great importance to the livelihood issues that Jinmen residents care about. It will do its best to support Jimin's economic development and the people's well-being. Last week, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe proposed building a bridge connecting Jinmen and Xiamen. In response, Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council said that national security should be the top consideration in cross-strait relations. It said that Ke's proposal was quote ignorant and absurd. Kerr is now hitting back, claiming that the bridge was part of President Tsai Ing-wen's campaign platform in 2016. The Mainland Affairs Council rarely uses such strange words, words like ignorant and the like. In 2016, when Tsai was running for president, didn't she propose this bridge when she was in Jinmen? Are you saying that in 2016, her views on Jimin were ignorant and absurd? If this really is the case, the Mainland Affairs Council needs to give us all an explanation. I think they will all lose their jobs tomorrow. On social media, Taipei City government spokeswoman Vicky Chen posted the campaign platform of a DPP legislative candidate in 2016. The candidate called for a Jinmen Shaman bridge and for a feasibility study to be conducted within a year. According to Jinmen County Council Speaker Hong Yun Dian, President Tsai had indeed endorsed the bridge when she visited Jinmen as DPP chairwoman. But the DPP has denied the claim, saying the bridge was never one of Tsai's own policy. It said that in July 2016 at the DPP's National Party Congress, the proposal was broached only by delegates from the party's Jinmen chapter. The news uncovered by Vicky Chen pertains to proposals and speeches made by individual delegates at our National Party Congress. It does not reflect the political views of Chairwoman Tsai Ing-wen. Cross-strait relations involve such big issues that if a presidential candidate were to make such a policy, it would make international headlines. So clearly, the claim is false. The DPP moved to quash Kerr's claim. It said the bridge was the brainchild of a legislative candidate who already left the party in 2018. Amid the ongoing war in Ukraine, a group of young activists has launched a website that offers resources to people in Ukraine. Titled the Here I Stand Project, the website connects Ukrainians with opportunities and resources in Taiwan. People interested in working or studying in Taiwan, this platform consolidates opportunities for them. The third kind of integration we do pertains to supplies. We will match up supplies with volunteers who will fly them from Taiwan to Warsaw. Then Ukrainian volunteers will make the 15-hour drive from Warsaw to Ukraine. I also pledge that there will be opportunities for internships. I am very moved that so many people in Taiwan are paying attention to this. Even though events in Ukraine are so far away from you, so many people want to help out. 
I am extremely moved and also extremely thankful. I hope that in the future, Taiwan and the Ukraine will have a beautiful relationship. The website offers an array of information on job openings and educational opportunities in Taiwan. Users can also make requests for supplies to be shipped from Taiwan to Ukraine. Electricity use soared to a monthly high in Taiwan on Thursday, topping the record set just the day before. According to Thai Power, electricity consumption hit 39.78 million kilowatts at 1.40 in the afternoon. The company is asking people to cut back on power use from 2 to 10 p.m. An expert shows us how. Amid the sweltering summer heat, many people are turning to their air conditioners for relief. According to the Bureau of Energy, raising your AC temperature setting by just one degree Celsius can shave 6% off your previous electricity consumption. Also take note that changeable frequency units use just half the power of a fixed frequency air conditioner. To save even more on your electricity bill, try out these handy tricks. Place a bowl of ice cubes in front of an electric fan. This will provide only limited cooling, but you can amplify the effect by placing thermal insulation paper on the windows and drawing the shades. That's sure to bring down the temperature fast. If you put out ice cubes and don't turn on the AC or even a fan, of course you're not using any electricity. You definitely save power that way. But many people are doing the ice cube trick but keeping their ACs on. What you can do is buy a piece of thermal insulation paper and stick it on your window. That will block out sunlight to some degree and it will lower the temperature indoors by 4 degrees Celsius. This energy saving specialist pulls out her electricity bill. It costs just over 1,000 NT to power her home for two months. She says that in the summer season, the biggest power consumer is the AC, followed by electric water boilers and hair dryers, and finally ovens. Electric water boilers are actually quite power-hungry appliances, so you can try this out. Unplug your electric water boiler and get a kettle for boiling water over a stovetop. That can save you at least 40 kilowatt hours a month on your bill. With power usage hitting fresh highs, Thai Power has asked people to scale down their use of power-hungry appliances from 2 to 10 p.m. to protect the environment and save on utilities. Officials on the island of Liuqiu say local rules must change in order to protect wildlife from water sports. Experts say diving and water sports are damaging the marine ecosystem with beloved wildlife like sea turtles bearing the brunt of habitat destruction. Local businesses and residents agree it's time to take better care of local ecology. The Coral Island is one of Taiwan's top tourist destinations. Its aquamarine waters attract hundreds of thousands of visitors a year. It's common to see green sea turtles drift happily in the seas around Liuqiu Island, but these lovable ocean dwellers are profoundly disturbed by humans in their habitat. Recently, this injured turtle was taken for emergency care. The cracks in its shell were probably caused by the propeller of a boat, experts say. The ecosystems of Liuqiu Island have been damaged by human activity for decades. Now, Da Pong Bay scenic area officials have brought experts together to agree a new plan, a protected area where motorized water activities are banned. 
the water recreation area will extend all around Liaochiao Island, generally 600 meters out from the high tide line. Within the area, motorized recreational activities will not be permitted, for example, the use of jet skis. <laughs> The natural landscape of Liuqiu is exquisite, and understandably, tourists flock here at every opportunity. But to protect the natural world from harm, some lines need to be drawn. Residents and businesses we spoke to back the plans. I agree with it, to protect the ocean from being destroyed. I support it. I think it's good. To protect the ecology, we need clearer plans, so that local businesses and tourists know which areas are the important ecological protection zones. Reports often suggest that divers around Liuqiu are disturbing the turtles, and that some diving companies attach ropes to coral reefs. Officials plan to make new rules for that, too. The Dapeng Bay administration will work with Pingdong County to make suggestions for diving zones. Businesses and local government are in agreement. Something needs to change. Ecologists hope the new zones will protect wildlife while allowing locals and visitors to enjoy the beauty of nature for many more generations. Today, the CECC reported 48,283 local COVID cases. Authorities said the COVID wave is subsiding and that daily case counts could drop by 10,000 within a week. Commenting on the border restrictions, the CECC said it planned to push forward with Taiwan's reopening. One measure will be to raise the daily cap on international arrivals. Another will be to open the borders for tourism and family visits. Currently, entry is limited to Taiwan nationals, business travelers and holders of an alien residence certificate. The epidemic is easing, but we're not out of the woods yet. The CCC warns that a new COVID wave could sweep Taiwan as early as July, as new Omicron subvariants make their way past the borders. One expert believes that the new wave will be mild, given Taiwan's widespread third-dose vaccination coverage. Another expert says Taiwan must pick up the pace on vaccinating older adults and very young children. Experts predict that local COVID cases will drop sharply by the end of the month. But the CECC warns that the BA.4 and BA.5 subvariants can erupt in local communities at any time, sending case numbers rebounding as early as July. After lockdowns were lifted, some countries saw their case counts repeatedly surge to great heights before falling back down for a period of up to three months. Some countries were cautious about epidemic prevention. Some countries were more proactive with epidemic prevention, so their case numbers didn't rise as sharply or fall as quickly. Taiwan's epidemic curve is more like that. Perhaps our case numbers will rise slightly, but it won't be a serious surge. We won't see a sharp rise in case counts. Dr. Li Bing-in said there was no need to fear a sharp COVID surge. He said Taiwan's third dose vaccination coverage was nearly 70% and that fourth doses were already going out to high-risk groups. He said that even if the two Omicron subvariants took hold of Taiwan, case counts would be unlikely to explode. Public health expert Hong Zeren suggests stepping up rapid test screenings at long-term care institutions. In addition, Taiwan should push to vaccinate more older adults and roll out shots to children aged five and under to reduce severe illness and death. Experts are also calling on people to get vaccinated for the flu. 
In the past two years, Taiwan didn't have a true influenza epidemic, so this year there could be one. Because we are relaxing epidemic prevention measures, maybe we'll face the same situation that the Southern Hemisphere is facing, with COVID and flu epidemics occurring at the same time. The symptoms of both diseases are barely distinguishable, and flu can become a severe illness for some as well. Amid fears of COVID striking during flu season, experts remind the public to practice good hygiene and other disease prevention measures, as they could be key to preventing a viral resurgence. The monkeypox outbreak that began in Europe has now spread to more than 58 countries, including Singapore and South Korea. Today, Taiwan listed monkeypox as a Category 2 notifiable infectious disease. Let's hear from the CCC. With regard to monkeypox, we already put out an announcement today. It has been listed as a Category 2 notifiable infectious disease. You can all go to the Taiwan CDC's official website to see the list of Class 2 notifiable infectious diseases. And at the top of the list you'll find monkeypox. The main thing with this designation is that if a suspected case is found, it must be reported within 24 hours. Category 2 notifiable infectious diseases must be reported to authorities within 24 hours. They must also be handled in accordance with the government's medical treatment and quarantine protocols. As inflation rises, everyone is on the lookout for a good deal. And nowhere is more important popular than a good restaurant where you can eat well without breaking the bank. We head now to Tainan to check out two such local gems. One is famous for its gener generous duck lunchboxes. The other is making hay from a secret menu item that got too popular to keep under wraps. A whole squid goes in the bowl. Beside it, a row of luscious scallops. Altogether, they completely cover the bed of pasta. Meanwhile, this meal is strong on clams and oysters. The luxurious seafood noodle dish attracts customers from far and wide. I used to go to Xingda Harbor, and when I saw seafood stuff, I would buy it and bring it back to put in the noodles. It was just a bit of fun. Then, gradually, the customers found out about it, and eventually I had no choice but to put it on the menu. The seafood bowls were initially an off-menu item, only made in tiny quantities. But thanks to word of mouth, it became a firm favorite. If seafood's not your thing, there's char siu noodles with generous cuts of barbecued pork. Who says minced pork is the only topping for egg noodles? These bowls are brimming with flavor and creativity. Another affordable gem in Tainan is this family-run duck restaurant. Duck legs are carefully sliced and cover the rice, creating a very filling lunchbox. This queue of customers hasn't gathered for nothing. The boss tries to control sales, but there's nothing for it. They always sell out before noon. As inflation rises, good value family eateries like this one are a godsend. 
Taipei City's restaurant bus is back in service. Six months after its first run, the bus service is back with Michelin-starred red Cantonese meals prepared by a luxury hotel. From June to September, you can hop on board to enjoy the sights of the city along with gourmet fare. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Travelers show their vaccine passports, get their temperatures checked, and board the double-decker bus. In collaboration with the five-star hotel in Taipei, the Taipei city government is bringing Cantonese Michelin meals to its sightseeing bus service. Locals say they're eager to hit the road via the restaurant bus. The pandemic is all right now. Once you get up in years, you ought to get out and travel. It's been too long since I've been anywhere. We want to try the meal. If the food is good this time, I definitely want to ride the bus again. While enjoying the Michelin star meals, patrons can see some of Taipei's most iconic landmarks, such as Taipei 101, Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall, Agora Garden, and Breeze Nanshan. Since Taiwanese are actually very familiar with and love Cantonese cuisine, we're bringing these flavors to travelers. The meals are designed by a chef at our hotel's Michelin-starred restaurant. In addition to the dishes created by the chef, there are also meals that are reserved for gourmets or our VIPs. The number of confirmed COVID cases has been going down. Some passengers may have wanted to postpone or to cancel but they decided to go ahead and ride anyway. About 80% of our seats are filled. The bus offers audio guides in Mandarin, English, Japanese, Korean and Thai. With the world reopening, organizers hope to boost tourism and give locals a taste of travel. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lee Hunt in Taipei.